Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Wednesday, December 13th, 2017, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And Wendy, it's been an exciting day for me. I hope it's been an exciting day for you, too. It is. <laughs> well, that's good news. I'm glad to hear that because uh, when you have an exciting day and when I have an exciting day, that means we're in a great place to give everybody their daily dose of happy. So that's a good thing. <laughs> I do. And then some. <laughs> and then some. I, I'll, I'll have to tell people th- my big win for the day first because my big win, and anyone who was listening to the morning podcast could hear it, there were no internet drops in the podcast. I was so happy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The weird part is I still don't have it narrowed down 100%, but to eliminate it in one podcast, and I know how I did it, so at least I can you know, continue doing that over and over again. And whoa, Wouldn't it be great to have just podcast after podcast without any of those glitches, just nice, clean <laughs> signal. Oh, my goodness. Tell people how you figured it out, because I think that's pretty cool. Oh, okay. Uh, wow, there's a lot that's been going on here, but I've been trying all kinds of things with the computer and with the Internet, uh, increasing bandwidth, checking by you know, removing firewalls and removing antivirus because they can inf- interfere with podcasts, uninstalling software I wasn't using anymore in case that was causing a problem. And then I said to myself, if the problem is on my computer, what's a quick way to test that? And I thought, Use my wife's computer. So I loaded all the software onto my wife's computer, tried it this morning, and boom, it worked. Well, yay! <laughs> That's so cool. It so is I'm cool. wondering, I'm just wondering from a law of attraction pr- perspective, and we have no way of ever proving this, but I just wonder if in the moment that you got the idea to ask the question, you know, like, how did you say it? Something about, um, I, I wanted to be way- able- I wanted to make sure, I wanted to see if I could eliminate my computer or implicate my computer one way or another as being the culprit. And then, you know, what's a way to test it? I wonder if in the moment that that idea came to you, that's because somehow you had sort of eliminated your resistance to the whole problem and that just kind of flowed in, like you were open to receive in that moment. I can't say yes or no to that because I was just so focused, I don't know. (laughs) Well, and it's it's hard to, like, go back sometimes and, like, actually figure out the breadcrumbs. But I think that kind of fits into what the topic is for today, That's which true. why don't you go ahead and describe that, and then we'll kind of roll. Well, you're the one who came up with a topic title. The topic title is, is kind of cool. It's, I give up. <laughs> and ultimately in some ways that's what i was doing i was saying i give up i'm not sure what's going on here but i just need to eliminate stuff and so i gave up long enough to eliminate stuff and it worked (laughs) it's just oh it's amazing what happens like you say when you get out of your own way and and i i was realizing that everything i was trying was still in the way because yeah, I was trying to fix stuff on the laptop, but that's where everything was going wrong. I didn't have a, a standard for, for going right. I didn't have like a baseline for that. And until you have that, you don't really know how you're getting there other than just saying, please, universe, get me there. <laughs> <laughs> and certainly not at all to place blame at all because, you know, we're no. all living this human experience just trying to figure it all out. Oh, yeah. But. You know, this problem has been going on since you and I started co-hosting together. It's actually been going and on longer than that. It's been going on, I would say, off and on, actually more on than off for about a year and a half. So I've been aware of it since you and I started hosting together. Yes. And the first couple of days, I didn't think much of it because I 
I knew that that was in your wheelhouse and not mine, and so I was staying out of it. But then the more you talked about it, the more I kept getting a sense that the problem and the whole vibration around the problem was kind of gaining a lot of speed because even though you had been experiencing that for quite a while before, now you've added more people to the party to be focused on, oh, yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> and every person who listens, whether live or you know on, um, on replay, gets to hear the same story. So they're adding their energy to like, yeah, gosh, what was that word Wendy just said because it dropped and I missed it? Or what did Walt just say? I missed that. Yep. So we were adding a bunch of momentum, a bunch of energy oh, no doubt. to the, the, the issue of the problem. The vibration of the problem was kind of increasing, increasing. And I was getting such clarity on that. And I was asking my own internal questions like, what can I do to influence all of us to like let go of that, to to like remove the resistance so we can move into the solution. Because even when we say, you know, like, I know there's got to be a solution, you know, if you can, I purposely exaggerated it in my voice, <laughs> there's more resistance even in talking about the word solution, but there wasn't a lightness of like, oh, I know the solution's on the way. And so, I was practicing that in the background, but, you know, we all succumb to what's in front of us, and it was frustrating because, you know, we've even talked about we don't want to, like, really launch this in a big way until the technical issues went away because we want to have right. really clean broadcasts so that people are listening, you know, the people that are listening can enjoy it and, you know, not go through the, the dropping of words. And so I think it's interesting that today um, the topic of giving up is on the table while we're starting to see solutions coming into this technical arena. And we've even had this topic sitting on our docket for a couple days now. <laughs> this is true. But, <laughs> but for whatever reason, we hadn't all aligned yet to the giving up plan. And even, you know, and it's funny because when we give up, sometimes we don't even know we're giving up. Well, I can but say I, I did know I was giving up at least some of the time because especially for the last few days after, you know, kind of pounding against this and trying to figure out what's the solution and finding is there a nice easy route here and all this and not getting there, I would finish the day and say, okay, universe, I don't know. You got to solve this one for me. I'm not finding it. Point me in a direction. You know, I'll put the blindfold on, spin me around four times, and I'll go for the donkey, you know. <laughs> Pin <laughs> uh, the tail on the Wi-Fi. Because <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> it was, it was, oh. it was very frustrating. Um, but I, what I can say is that it had been particularly frustrating, like from the point you got on for like the next two weeks. That was really frustrating. And then about two or three days ago, I just, I, I'm not sure exactly what happened. I think I became so excited about all the good things that have been happening with our podcast that I finally got into a zone that said, I don't know what's going to be the solution here. And I really don't want to feel the frustration anymore. And I'm not sure how to solve this, but somehow this is going to get solved. And I started to really believe that. And that was like within the last couple of days. So I, I don't know exactly how to tie that into I give up, but there was, I guess there was a certain degree of I give well, up in there. It sounds like there was the beginning of surrendering. Okay. Surrendering to what is is there, and you know that somehow there's a solution, even if you don't know exactly the pathway to get there. Right. 
Because I heard in the tone of your voice that there was a surrender energy. You were ready to say, universe, help me, because I don't got this one. You know, normally I'm pretty good at this, but I can't figure this one out. And, and, and this so, one was really hard to figure out, too. I mean, <laughs> real, this well, one was and, crazy. You know, <laughs> and surrendering is kind of a part of giving up. And everybody uses, you know, like we've talked before, different words. Mm-hmm. Um, but I probably would have never thought of giving up as a good thing <laughs> until I heard a story that Abraham told, which just tickled me to death. Oh, what's that? Um, and for those that may have already heard the story, if you go, she's not telling the details accurately, okay, that's okay, but I believe the essence of my story is going to get the point across, so please <laughs> forgive me if the details are not totally on point. Um, you know, back in the day when Jerry was still alive, Esther's husband, um, they used to travel from workshop to workshop in their big monster bus. Oh, yes. And I believe the story went something like um, they had brought their monster bus to the place that, like, works on it and built it to begin with because there were some things that needed to be handled um, uh, mechanically. And so wherever they were, you know, it was some place that they could just take their car and travel around and they didn't need the monster bus. And... So when they came back to come pick it up, Esther just had this gnawing feeling that it wasn't fixed. Mm. But they said, yes, it's fixed. You know, here's the keys. And they're like, she just kept feeling something wasn't quite right there. So they get in the monster bus, and they start to pull out, and they're on the highway, and they're just hearing this clanging noise and other miscellaneous things that are letting them know something's not right. Mm. (laughs) And so Jerry gets on the cell phone while Esther's driving and calls the shop and kind of says, hey, we have this problem. You know, can you come meet us, you know, someplace? And they said, no, we can't. You'll have to bring it back to us. Oh, dear. (laughs) And for them, they're like, well, that's out of our way, and there's a timing thing. And so, you know, Esther and Jerry were trying to figure out, well, what do we do now? And they kept driving, and they kept driving, and they're just really frustrated because Apparently, they had left their monster bus at the shop for quite some time, and they really didn't even get to the fixing of it until, like, the day they were coming to pick it up. So Esther was frustrated about that. She's already got enough issues, by the way. There's a plethora of stories where she's been frustrated by issues with the monster bus. So I say that because there's kind of already a momentum Mm -hmm. in place about things not going well with monster bus. So anyway, they keep driving, and the sounds are getting worse, and it's clanging and banging and whatever, and Jerry calls back. And once again, they're like, nope, sorry. If you want to turn around and drive it to us, you know, we'll we'll take a look at it, but we're not going to come out to you. And so, you know, he hangs up the phone, and the two of them look at each other, and, you know, Esther just wants to tear her hair out. She's so frustrated. And Jerry, you know, he's a more quiet, subtle kind of guy, and he was a little frustrated, And all of a sudden, in that moment, he just said out loud, I give up. And Esther's like, huh? And he goes, I give up. Let's just drive this thing until it won't drive any further. And I just give up. And she was kind of hearing that like, huh, giving up. Like, there's a concept I don't normally think of. (laughs) And she went, all right, I give up too. Let's just drive it until it just won't go any further. And within minutes, his cell phone rings, and it's the people from the Monster Bus shop, 
And they said, where are you? <laughs> so he kind of explained the mile marker. And they decided, oh, there's a, a rest stop coming up. And the guy says, we'll meet you there. Pull over. Wow. And so in that moment, Esther looks at Jerry and says, why didn't we give up a long time ago? (laughs) (laughs) If if only one knew those were the magic words. (laughs) Really? And, and, And I hope you, as well as listeners, like really get the energy in they truly gave up. They weren't trying to control anything anymore. They were going to drive it until it ran itself into the ground, and then they'd see what to do next. But they'd given up trying to control how the bus had to be fixed and orchestrating how it had to happen and who needed to meet who. And when they truly gave up, all of a sudden they were able to receive a solution. And all of a sudden the people who had been somewhat not very – coordinating with them <laughs> were willing to like change their mind and all of a sudden now they were cordial yeah that was and the really the interesting was, part of that story the fact that within minutes of them yeah. saying i gave up all of a sudden the hard line turned into a soft line from the, the the service provider which that's such a great point because it really illustrates how when we shift our energy the law of attraction is able to respond instantaneously Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to work on changing this, and then who knows how long <laughs> it'll take. No, the moment you make a really solid change, boom, results pop into your world. Yeah, it's not like the universe says, well, it's in my in-basket. I'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank goodness it's not like working with humans. You know? <laughs> if it was the government, we wouldn't get it for like four or five years. <laughs> that kind of rolled around in my head. And every now and then when I was beating myself against a wall, you know, trying to figure something out and being really frustrated and struggling, I would just hear this little whisper, I give up. And I, and I would immediately be put back into the story of Jerry and Esther and their monster bus. Well, and I... even then sometimes I'd go, really? Is this really the right situation for me to give up? <laughs> But then I'd go, you know what, I've tried everything else. What do I have to lose? Because right now I'm trying to argue with what is. Yes, yes. You know, I don't know if you, do you know the work of Byron Katie? I do not, no. I don't even recognize that name. Okay, so she's a woman, Byron actually is a female name. She's a woman who does, um, her work is actually called The Work. Oh, okay. And what's fascinating about it is she, to me, She's the, I think she's the person who came up with what is, is, which has become so very popular in our American terminology these days. Yeah. But her, her big epiphany in her life was the recognition that she had been arguing with what is and trying so hard to control it, but you can't control something that isn't yours to control because all you can really control is how you choose to internally respond to what is. This is true. It, and that's know. what S. And Jerry did. Their response to what is at first was to argue with it and try to control it and figure out how to, how to do what they thought needed to be done. And when they finally gave up and they weren't arguing with what was anymore, what is just is, 
the thing is, you know, the monster bus is clanking and making noise and grumbling and making sounds. They weren't arguing with it. They recognized it, acknowledged it, and went, okay, that's what is. And they let go. And they let it go. Right. Letting go is probably the biggest part. Uh, the reason I say yeah. that is the, the story reminds me of something from my own past, uh, dating back to when I first met my wife. Um, we met in 1998, and I'll tell part of the longer story, but not the whole part. Um, back in November 97, my wife's cat had died. She'd had this cat named Shadow for some 17 years, 16 years, something like that. A long time. And... Obviously, it was very close to the cat, and so when the cat died, it was it was pretty rough on her. And shortly thereafter, a colleague asked her, I guess there was another cat that was available for uh, adoption or something like that, and the colleague asked, are you going to get another cat? And without even thinking about it, she blurted out, no, I'm going to get a husband. <gasps> Surprising everybody involved, including herself. She spent the next few months just asking everybody she knew, "Did you know? do you know any healthy single men who are available? And getting mostly no's. Um, and then about six months into it, she contacted a friend of mine who she worked with um, and asked her the same question. Deborah thought of me, and that led uh, Louise to uh, eventually get in touch with me. Deborah got my phone number to her and so on and so forth. So that's the first half of the story. Now look at the other half of the story, which is, I had been dating, I can't even call it dating. I had been introducing myself to numerous women for years <laughs> with no, <laughs> no prospect at all of any improvement because every time it was like one date or two date and it just was not working. It was very clear. One woman after another, just it was not working at all. And after years of this, I finally said, I've had enough of this. I'm done. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. It's just too, too painful. It's too frustrating. Screw it. Forget it. I'm done. And that was in March of 2000 and... I'm sorry, not 2000. Uh, March of 1998. April okay. 1998 was when Deborah contacted me and said, uh, I've got a friend who uh, is looking for a healthy male uh, because she's single and looking for somebody. And, and I was wondering if you'd like to meet her. And I said, oh, great. Just what I need. Another blind date. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how she did it, but somehow Deborah convinced me to just at least take a phone call from Louise. And uh, I'll, I won't tell the whole long story after that. I'll tell the short version, which is three very long phone calls later, we ended up meeting. The first meeting didn't go very well, but the second and third did well. And, and you know, as they say, we lived happily ever after. But Aww. there's an example of how I gave up, appeared out of nowhere because I was just so fed up. I was just, I was fed up. I'd had enough. It's like, I'm done. Get me out of here. <laughs> I don't want to do the so, dating scene anymore. And all of a sudden, so my wife my, shows up. <laughs> here's my curiosity. So in March of that year, you gave up. Yep. In April, you have Deborah wanting to hook you up with this person named Louise. Right. When you actually made a connection, like the very first time you and Louise connected, what was your mindset? Were you going into it already thinking, you know what, this isn't going to work, nothing ever does, and I've given up? No, my or mindset was I'm tired of this. I don't know why I keep talking to her because she's nice to talk to, but 
I, I'm just tired of, of playing the whole game. I'm just tired of it. I'm, I'm done. So, so even while you're talking to her for the first time, you were still in the state of I'm done? Yeah, yeah. The, the three phone wow. conversations happened a week apart each. So it was Wednesday and then the following Wednesday and the following Wednesday. So over a two-week period, three conversations. And after the first so, Wednesday, I said, well, okay, I, I, I promised Deborah I would call her. I called her. And then forgot about it for a while. And then after a few days, then it finally started working on me that, well, the call had gone, gone pretty well. Maybe I should, you know, give it another chance. And so I called back the second Wednesday. And then the second Wednesday worked out better. And I was less in an I give up mode and more in a, well, okay, I guess I'm willing to consider this. I still had like all that back history of things going wrong on my mind, but there was enough different here that I gave it a shot. And then by the third call, and Louise was having a great time. I mean, she was loving the fact that we were on the phone for like two or three hours every time. Hmm. So I, I was I was still experiencing kind of the residue of having given up, but it was fading away call after call. I think that's what my point is. But, you know, I think there there's some real key takeaways in your experience and even what you were thinking, even while you were going from pre-call number one to call number one to call number two to call number three. Mm-hmm. Because um, I've experienced things that are somewhat similar when I'm like, I am in, this is how I would language it. I am not going to get my hopes up anymore. I'm really over this. I'm tired of being disappointed. So when an opportunity comes to me, regardless what it is, it's like if I enter into it, like, this is probably not what I want, but I'm at least open to and curious. Let's see what's up. Yeah. Um, I, I think I even had a, an additional thought in there, which was, this isn't going to work out probably, but hey, let's go with it anyway. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything well, else to know, do this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, when I got your email asking, you know, or saying that you were looking for some new co-hosts, I, that was one of my internal responses. Really? You know what? <laughs> yeah, because honestly, Walt, I've had enough disappointment for my lifetime. I just don't care to have any more disappointing experiences where I get my hopes up and I'm, you know, this, I'm wanting this to be it. I'm wanting this, whatever it is. Right. Um, it's in the same category with they, you know, how they <laughs> say everything well. You know, <laughs> I'm tired of this. Um, so I've been looking for a transition in my career for at least eight plus years mm. and looking for something that I would be really passionate about and something that came natural to me that, you know, I could really sink my teeth into and didn't require a whole lot of, um, uh, like, pre-study and, you know, I've, I've got to go to school to learn this new thing. I'm like, I've got tons of skill sets in my life. I want to use what I've got, you know, instead of going and thinking I have to go get a new skill set to go get a new career that will be exciting to me. And so... You know, your email was kind of in that category of like, well, this could kind of be a transition that could be exciting. But, you know, who knows? Maybe he wants money. You know, maybe he's a solicitor. That was always and he's possible, sure. these, Yeah, maybe he's, you know, he's couched it in these nice little words, but there's a price tag on the back end. <laughs> yeah. So when you and I started talking, I don't know, it was maybe 15 minutes into the conversation. Do you remember me saying? I do. So. For those co-hosts that sign on with you, is there any financial um, participation? And you said no. And I went, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my gosh, no. Hmm. Now this is becoming much more feasible. <laughs> 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 He's not trying.
trying to like bilk me out of hundreds and thousands of dollars yeah, right. to advertise. <laughs> Send your but check too. I, well, and see, today I had a phone call because um, I got an email the other day from somebody else, and there, but their messaging was way more vague than yours. You were pretty out there saying this is what I'm looking for. This one uh, had a sentence in there looking for law of attraction experts. Might that be you? Okay. And so I thought, well, yeah, I am a law of attraction expert. I filled the bill. So a bit of a, con- of, I, of, a, of a contact attempt there that actually made some sense and didn't seem to have some commercial intent to it. Yeah, and I just couldn't tell. But in my gut, I went, this doesn't feel as clean or as pure. But I'm curious, and I'm in a state of I'm wide open. Remember my story with the car windows wide open? So yes, I right. know I'm wide open. <laughs> And so I didn't want to just turn my nose up at it. I thought, well, I'm willing to give it a shot. So I had a conversation with this gentleman today for a little while. And it did turn out to be something where he was selling advertising. Ah. Um, but the, I allowed the conversation to continue because I did get some insight that had nothing to do with him or his company, but it kind of helped give me some new ideas of some new ways to play in order to um, bolster both this show and my own personal career. Oh, well, that's worthwhile. I'm like, okay, well, that was worth a 30-minute phone call. (laughs) So to me, that's still me being wide open. Um, And I didn't turn my nose at it. You know, I I did allow it to, like, come in. Um, But in a way, I've kind of, I, I, I think overall I have given up. And I like staying in the state of I've given up, but where I am when I re- what that really means is I've given up trying to control how stuff is going to show up in my life. I have to give you credit on that one. The guy that, who was uh, trying to sell the advertising, and you stuck it out long enough to find that there was actually a little bit of gold in there that you could use for yourself. Because my modus operandi with anybody who's calling me out of the blue is. I get on the phone and I say hi and, and they say whatever they're saying and I say, uh, they, they usually want some sort of, of uh, confirmation. Are you Walt? Are you in charge of such business or whatever? And so I'll give them that and then I'm waiting on pins and needles for the first clue that I hear that it's a commercial <laughs> call. And the moment I hear it, I say, thank you very much. Goodbye. Click. And that's as far well, as I ever get. <laughs> so I never would have gotten what? as far as you did. <laughs> well, and this wasn't a cold call because I kind of feel the same way about cold calls, but because I received an email, and then I responded, and I had to go out to the guy's calendar and set up an appointment. There was a little bit more of a professionalism about it. And I will say, I think overall, if I was in the position to market myself in the way he was suggesting, I think it's a great idea. So I wasn't close to what he was talking about. I just didn't see – it wasn't resonating as like, yes, this is what I want now. Well, that, that certainly and, helps, though, to have at least something there that, that was appealing. Yeah, and I'm not one to waste my time or other people's. And so, you know, he wanted to get to know me, and I, I indulged him for about five to seven minutes, and then I needed to know why is he really wanting to talk to me. Right, right. <laughs> you know, but he was very open and honest about it. He wasn't hiding anything. Um, but this was – I wasn't trying to control the conversation. I wanted to see where it would go to see what nuggets I could glean from it, and I did get a couple. Um but kind of back to the point of giving up for me 
it's not about giving up and defeat. Giving up for me is giving up control of trying to orchestrate something. And the question is, and why would I do that? Because Wendy loves to control things. (laughs) The answer is because there is a universal manager that is so much more skilled and has much greater um, perspective because they see things from a higher vantage point of knowing things I can't possibly know. So the universe can orchestrate and connect to me with pieces and parts and people and circumstances that I couldn't try to do on my own. And I don't want to say that the universe is beating me up, but i got to say they've been – I believe that the universe is trying to convey this message to me for quite some time. And this week while I was listening to an Abraham CD, they said something in, in you know their own way, and I just went, I get it. I get it. I need to be out of the I'm in control business. And well, I want to get into the business of it's my turn to just give up, let go, and delegate. That's a good frame of mind to be oh. in. I like that. I want to delegate all my wants, dreams, and wishes to a power that is so much more capable of delivering my wants and dreams and wishes than I ever could with my finite resources. That's very good. By the way, if there are any listeners listening in who want to share maybe one of their experiences with... uh, I give up. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. I mean, we do these podcasts knowing that most of the time people are listening to the recording on either PRN or on uh, our, our podcast uh, feed on the website, net. But if you're listening live today, uh, again, it's Wednesday, December 13th, uh, currently 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, give us a call, 860-264-5432. That's 860-264-5432. And uh, tell us about your experience with giving up, because we'd love to include it in the conversation. But what, what you're and, talking oh, about there, Wendy, just, I mean... It, oh, wait a second. Hold, hold on. Before you get off the advertising how people can talk to us, Yeah. tell listeners how they can connect with us by Skype, because I know that there are some people that... Um, don't want to dial a U.S. number because it's long distance for them oh, sure. because they're in Canada or yeah. Mexico. So how do they do it by Skype? Well, probably the easiest way is to use my Skype name, which unfortunately has nothing to do with the law of attraction. It has to do with my political views, but it does get through anyway, so you can just ignore what the thing actually means. The The Skype ID is Libertarian TV, so L-I-B-E-R-T-A-R-I-A-N-T-V. And if you Skype that name, you'll be able to connect right in. So T is in Tom, V is in Victor. Correct. Okay, Libertarian TV. Correct. Dot com. Right. Awesome. Uh, you, you can see what I was originally setting up for. <laughs> <laughs> that was then, and this is now. Yeah, that was about fourteen years ago. So, and unfortunately, you can't change a Skype name, but <laughs> mm. once you got it, it's yours. So I have Alrighty. that one for life. <laughs> But getting back to what you were talking about, the fact is that yeah. uh, the, this uh, idea of being in that place of being open that you're in right now, which is a great place to be in, it's a place of receiving, it, it, it is a form of I give up in the sense of I'm not going to try to control the situation anymore. It's also, a, in a sense, it's about I give up in the, sen- in the direction of I can't do a lot of this. 
I think that's one of the reasons you were talking about leaving it to the greater powers. I, I, I just don't know how to do this is, is very often what we have to mean when we're saying I give up. I, I just give up on trying to solve this. I, I thought I could. I just can't. So help. <laughs> well, and, you know, you told this great story about meeting Louise. And um, even though I'm divorced, don't anybody feel sorry for me because we had a happy marriage and we had a happy divorce. We're still good friends. It just wasn't what we wanted to continue to do. So anyway, that said, um, I, you know, was going along kind of similar to you where I'm like, God, I've had all the first dates I think I ever want to have <laughs> without it going forward. I'm This is like, ugh. And I was complaining to a girlfriend one day, and she looked at me. Now, I've been complaining to her for years, okay? But one day she said something it, almost as if the clouds had parted and this question had descended upon her to speak to me. <laughs> and she said, Wendy, do you really want to get married? Ooh. I was silent. And that just, I went, no. I don't. <laughs> and she went, well, there you, now you got your answer. And there I went, you go. Oh. Boy, that cut right I to had the no, I had no idea. I didn't want to be married. So I will tell you, I spent the next couple months searching my soul, asking why did I, why was I pushing so hard to meet somebody and get married when the answer was no, I don't want to get married. Well, I looked at what was happening in my life and I realized I loved my career. I was a freelance costume designer. I was out and about. I was meeting people. Everything I did was interesting. My work had such great variety. I had so much fun. I was working for myself. I was in my car. I was moving about. I was connecting both my social life and my work life together. It was just the most phenomenal experience for me. I loved this career. And when I thought about how how that career would have to change, this, these are all my own judgments, mm-hmm. I was thinking my life would have to change if I got married. And the fun that I'm experiencing with all this other stuff that was so magnanimous to me would somehow come to a halt. Because that was my judgment. Because I looked at, you know, what my parents' marriage was, and mom was home, dad was home, they were home together. Mm -hmm. One of them wasn't running around like being a social butterfly like (laughs) I was. And so I thought, well, gosh, I'd have to give up everything that meant something to me if I got married. And then I heard myself and went, well, that's just silly. That is just silly. And I went, that's not even true for me. That's just what I had stuck in my head because that was the model of how my parents' marriage appeared to me. And so then I started thinking about it differently, and I went, well, I do believe, and I wasn't into law of attraction then, but I did believe in a power greater than me. And I did believe that somebody could come into my life, and it wouldn't mean that it was the end of all fun and excitement and joy. Right. (laughs) But that it could actually enhance that and that our lives would work together in whatever profession he was. And so that just really changed my whole vibration on the subject um, meanwhile, a, a friend of mine had suggested this dating site a long time ago, and I'm like, Brian, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and he, every time I saw him, he's like, well, have you done that dating site yet? Have you done it? I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. 
And one night, I'm by myself watching infomercials, and I'm playing on my computer, and I thought, I think I'm going to go check out that dating site. And before I knew it, I'd spent hours <laughs> creating a profile. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess oh, I started getting some hits on there, but I was kind of like, yeah, they're not really my type. And then about two weeks later, I'm talking to this same girlfriend on the phone, and I'm surfing you know, the dating site. And while we're talking, I said, hey. She goes, what? I said, Paul777. That's this profile that just popped up. It's really good looking. <laughs> and I think we have a lot of interest. And she goes, ooh, well, are you going to reach out to him? Are you going to send him an email? And I went, no. <laughs> goes, Why not? And I went, because I still really believe that, I said, I'm not a, what do you call, I'm, I'm not a feminist. I'm not, you know, any of those things. I believe in equal equality, blah, blah, blah. But I really do believe just the way we're hardwired that when a man chases a woman, it just sets up the relationship in a way that really works. At least that's my my take on it. Sort of the old-fashioned view, yeah. Yeah, and she goes, you're not going to email him, really? I said, no, but he's really cute. <laughs> and I really think I like him, even though I haven't met him. I think there could be something there. And I said, but if he's really a, a good match for me, he'll show up. Now, I don't even know where those words came from, because I was a control freak. But all of a sudden, I was giving up and letting go. Woo! That was new for Wendy. Mm-hmm. A week later, I get an, in, an email within the matchmaking system, and it's from Paul777. Of course it was. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so he sends me this delightful, beautiful you know, email where he cites all these things that were on my profile and he's saying all these things that this is the kind of woman he's been looking for and dreaming for and he can't wait to connect with me. And I'm like, wow, mm. okay, well, let's check this out. And so many emails later, many phone calls later, finally we had our first date. Um, and in no time at all, we started planning getting married. It's like we just knew. Wow. It just connected. So I didn't even realize it, Walt, until I was telling the story the elements of where I had given up. Yeah. You yeah, know, I, I gave that. up I gave up the no I don't want to get married, but I didn't know that. I gave up my resistance, which is why dates weren't working. But then I'd really kind of given up even when I saw him. I like let go. And so I freed up the energy that I'm not going to orchestrate this. And so one of the fun jokes that he and I had as we got, were getting to know each other and we were knowing we were really like liking each other a lot, we'd say, so I wonder which one of us created the other one in the other one's world. <laughs> because we knew that we, were, we, we created that which we experienced. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, I created you because I emailed you. I said, no, I think I created you because I found your profile first. And, you know, we go back and forth, and we're both competitive, and so we would laugh about who did it. And finally I'd say, okay, we both did it because it was co-creation at its best. And so we go, okay, we'll let it be right there. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a cool giving up. It was, I yeah. Up, I it... found a man, and my whole thing is I wanted to be married before I was 40 because otherwise I'd be considered a spinster because that was a word that was stuck in my head from – my family, because my great aunt, um, she wasn't married. And so that was kind of like, ooh, you're going to be like Aunt Grace. You're going to be a spinster. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to be that. So I got married at 39 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> just pushing the limit there a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. But, you know, I like to say, but I so enjoyed my singlehood. It was so incredibly fabulous, and I had a great life. And then I really I loved being married. I mean, loved being married. Um, and then when we divorced, I got to say, I love being single again. And, I mean, I guess I just love wherever I am. I'm being Which okay with it. That's very good. You know, and, you know, I am looking for a relationship, and I know it's on its way. And it's going to be awesome. Going to love <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> but, uh, but the cool thing is I'm no longer attached to being married because, see, I already got married before I'm 40. So that check that one off the box. Right. You know, check right. that box. So now it's I just want to enjoy life with somebody where we enhance one another and we can make our own life experiences richer and fuller and better and bigger and fabulouser. <laughs> We even invented a new word, fabulous, sir. I like that one. Fabulous, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love the fact, too, that uh, when you were talking about the various ways you gave up, you itemized one, which was you gave up on something that you didn't know previously had actually existed, which was that you were holding on to this idea of marrying somebody without wanting to get married. And yeah. I can't think how many times I have found myself giving up on something after I finally found out, I've been doing it. I mean, they're, they're, I, I'm, I'm not sure I can even itemize them right now, but numerous times in my life, stuff just kind of emerges that clearly contradicted what it was I was trying to do. And I, I had to ask myself, where was that? Why didn't I notice that before? It, it, it seemed preposterous. And yet, we all do it. We have so many different ways that we contradict ourselves and, and often don't even know it. And part of the process, of course, when you're exploring the law of attraction is trying to dredge those up and, and identify them so you can move them out of the way and say, oh, nope, I'm done with that one. Nope, I'm done with that one. <laughs> so you know what? We can call that a couple different things. It's like giving up the fight, yeah. giving up the resistance, giving up what doesn't work, or giving up the conflict. Yeah, because conflict is always at the root of it. That's true. I, I had no idea until my girlfriend asked me that really profound question, do you really want to get married? That was a great question. I didn't even realize I had a conflict within me. <laughs> yeah. did not even realize it. But that's why I say literally the heavens parted. I truly believe that the powers you know, that be descended that question through her brain so she could say it to me because it changed the trajectory of my life at that point. Mm, in a big, big way. Like, wow. I mean, that was a question that I'll never forget. Never. Wendy, do you really want to get married? Answer, no. Great surprise for me. <laughs> I was in shock. <laughs> it's always the simple ones, too, isn't it? The simplest possible yeah. questions. Because they're the ones we so skip over so easily. Yeah, so that would be a perfect example. I, I could totally see that I would be in the hot seat, you know, in an Abraham workshop. <laughs> right. And I think that Abraham, I can't meet it. You know, I'm not meeting anyone. I meet lot. Well, I meet lots of people. We go on one date, and I don't want to go on another one because we're not a match. You know, and I can hear Abraham saying, you know, well, do you want to get married? No. Well, there's your problem. <laughs> and the whole audience burst into applause. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah, just for me, it was just me and my girlfriend. But it could, uh, who knows, maybe all the powers that be and, you know, my angels and, and you know, all, all my departed loved ones were probably applauding and throwing a party. <laughs> <laughs> like, yay, she's now clearing the path. Well, actually, truly, in I, a sense, you were in the hot seat. It was just a hot seat with your friend. Your friend had basically put yes. you front and center and said, okay, here it is, yep. right in your face, deal with it. Yep, and so it was in that moment... I truly gave up the conflict. I gave up fighting against my own internal belief system. It was wild. You know, I can think of another. I, I can think of another example that's out of our current journey right now with the podcast, um, because okay. the last the last month has been really wild. I mean, bringing on all these new co-hosts and dealing with the technology and. You know, doing 11 shows a week and all that's involved in that. I mean, there's like a litany of things that have been going on. And in the course of doing all of that, I mean, it's been a lot of change and it's been very exciting. But one of the most exciting parts is the fact that, like we said at the top of the cast, all of you are bringing in all kinds of interesting ideas and perceptions and viewpoints and so forth. And it it's just coming at me from all directions in such a way that I think just having you guys on board is reinforcing my belief in the con in the podcast, in the future of the podcast. I mean, there are times you guys say to me, wow, this thing is really taking off. And I say inside, really? <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, I guess it really is. <laughs> it is. And, you know, I listened to what your vision was for this radio podcast. And... I wasn't in conflict at all with your vision, but because it was yours, in a sense, you had been like basking in it for a very, very long time, mm -hmm. and I was very new to it, and I remember just kind of asking the universe, help me solidify my vision so I can co-create with Walt in a really synchronistic way, mm -hmm. and it was kind of like the words you used for what the vision was to you just really didn't resonate with me in a deep, profound way, but I liked it. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I was asking for what's meaningful to me, ah. you know. And I think it was somewhere mid-last week after we had finished a show, it's like it just settled inside of me. And for me, and I know that this totally isn't uh, co-creation in you, which is you told me you wanted to do something that was entertaining. You want people to smile and laugh, and you didn't want it to be, oh, heavy-duty, and it wasn't a life coaching program, you right, know. Right, I'm thinking to myself, God, can I do that? Because I can be really serious when, I, when I'm talking about this stuff. And um, what I noticed was because of your intention for the show to be entertaining and fun, it's bringing that part out in me so I'm not so heavy-duty. And people go, whoa, that's more information than I can handle, Wendy. Um, <laughs> but it's like I, I'm an educator. I'm a natural teacher. So that, that element kind of felt like it would naturally be there. But it's kind of like the vision that I was able to really connect with is to educate in a way that is entertaining through stories that are real-world so that people can understand the practical application of law of attraction yeah. in a yeah. way that's easy to digest because we're just having a conversation and we're sharing our lives, but we're sharing it with many people kind of in a public way, um, where people can take from what we talk about 
yep. and take what resonates to them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I guarantee you, whatever I think the moral of my story might be, that is not going to be what someone else takes from it. They're going to take something that, to me, I would have considered so insignificant, and yet that'll be the epiphany for them. Which is what a good story is all about. And I love that. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I love the fact that everybody who's come on board, you, Cindy, Joel, of course, is coming back, and he and I used to do it all the time, uh, Tom and David, all of us are committed to increasing the storytelling. And I firmly believe storytelling is like the primary thing you have to do in order to make a, a program like this entertaining. And we're doing it. We're all engaging in it. I mean, uh, every single person who's involved is is going out of their way to come up with stories to tell. And I'm thinking, wow, this is the way it's supposed to work. I love this. That's, that is cool. And I've listened to other shows, your other shows with the other co-hosts, and I would totally agree. Um, all the co-hosts are just really dynamite. And I get so much out of each one. Everyone has a very different personality, um, but it's completely delightful, positive, upbeat. I learn something from every single show, from every single story. In fact, I remember when I first talked with Tom, Tom Wells, who does the Monday and Friday morning ones with me, um, and I broached the idea of, of storytelling. He said he liked it, and he also said, I don't know if I know enough stories to tell. And I said, well, sure you do. And we talked a little bit more, and he realized, oh, yeah, I guess I do have a lot of stories to tell. I just didn't think of it that way. And then within like five minutes, he says, oh, I've got a lot of stories to tell. <laughs> <laughs> and sure well, enough, he does. For many years, I'd have certain life experiences occur in my world, and I'd think to myself afterwards, what was that for? You know, and as time has gone by, I have had the awareness that it's like I have a collection of stories on tap. Now, what's interesting is if a, somebody came to me and said, hey, Wendy, why don't you put your stories in a book that would make a great collection of, you know, poignant stories about the law of attraction, I don't think I could think of one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it always ha helps to have the context. You need to have something to tie it into. Exactly. And if, as long as we're having a conversation and having fun while we do it, doing it, you know, to me, storytelling is a natural part of getting to know each other. Sure. And we're getting to know each other. We're also getting to know our audience. Our audience is getting to know us. Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of like, a, let's just talk about ourselves and see what's up, see what our life experience has been. I'm like, oh, I got lots of those stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's really the most natural kind of storytelling because anytime that you're telling a story out of your own experience, first of all, you can put more detail in. And you can tell a more complete story that way than if you're telling somebody else's story because you don't necessarily know all the details of their story. But you know your own because you lived it all. You, you remember it all. You, you dealt with it all. And when you get the details in, the details are, I mean, what, they, what is the phrase? The, the devil's in the details? I guess they refer to that in, in regard to, like, solving a difficult problem. But it's also true for storytelling. Effective storytelling is about the details. And I love the fact that, each time each one of us tells a story, it becomes more and more elaborate, more and more um, embroidered, if you will. Um, not, you know, not distorting the truth or anything, but just you know, more to it, more detail. And that, that's just making it better and better and better. So when we take on a topic like I Give Up, it isn't just a story that you know, lasts 10 seconds. It's a story that goes on for three or four minutes. <laughs> you know, it's a good, full story. And I love it. It's just the best way to do storytelling. 
Well, you know, and sometimes for me it's fun to uh, re-listen to our, um, uh, like the show, I'll listen to it in a replay, and obviously I'll hear myself from an objective position instead of the one actually speaking the words. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll think to myself, wow, there's a lot for me to learn from just in my own story that I didn't (laughs) quite get when I was telling it. Yeah, that's the other cool thing. When you're telling a story, you learn from your own story during the telling of it. And, and that can actually be very disruptive because you're in the middle of telling the story and all of a sudden a new thought came to you that you had never had before. Oh, where was I in the story? <laughs> well, and you know, I have to say that to me is one of the most fun things about our talking every day, yep. uh, you know, on this LOA um, Today show is because I'm sharing ideas that sometimes I haven't even articulated yet. It's just kind of in my thoughts. And when I articulate it, oftentimes I'll get a new piece, something I'd never realized or acknowledged before. And that's kind of where when I'm in the receptive mode, you know, I just I get a flurry of new new thoughts. I get new downloads. And I'll say, you know, in the show, oh, I'm getting this right now. It's like it, this never occurred to me until right now. Um And part of the reason I say it that way is because I want people who listen to recognize that getting insights from the powers that be is as simple as just opening your mouth and talking and then having an awareness, I didn't have that thought on my own. That Mm. came from somewhere else. This is pretty exciting. There's an aha in here. Wow, this is going to break things apart. Mm -hmm. Because I know sometimes when I'm coaching with clients, they'll ask, well, how do you know? that you're hearing from the universe or how do you how do you get a breakthrough and I, sometimes i say it's as simple as just talk to somebody don't leave it rattling around in your own head just like start talking about it and see what shows up and for me i happen to know that is my most uh, favored way of having new new things blossom and expand mm-hmm. um, i have a friend that i go out to eat with on a regular basis and we don't say, well, we're going to do it to get a new aha moment, <laughs> but we get a ton of them mm. because it's like we'll have stored up all sorts of things that have just been rolling around in our brain, you know, all week long, and now we're going to sit down and we're going to have a meal together, and we just like kind of do a download and say, oh, and I had this thought and I had this thought, and then we start rolling it around, and it becomes so much more than what it was when it was in my own head. And, and really... that's when sparks come and, oh, oh they do. And I'm really looking forward to the day when we start getting more and more people who are listening live so that some of them start calling in because, I mean, I've known for quite some time the listeners are listening to the recording afterward. And that's fine. That's good. That's how we're building our numbers up. But I just keep looking forward to that first day when someone decides to call in. It's not going to be the first one. It'll be like the third one where someone decides to call in and just share something based on what we're talking about because that's just going to add to that experience you just described probably 10 times over. I mean, not only are we getting stuff out of us telling the story and us hearing the other person tell a story, bring a third person into that, and the dynamic is just going to be amazing, I think. Absolutely. So tell people again, because this one is, I'm not a big Skype user, but I know you are. So tell people how they can get in on Skype. Are they actually able to talk live? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you if you're just using Skype, you, I mean you can use the phone number which also comes in uh the same way. The phone number 860-264-5432. If you're using a direct Skype connection, just look for the uh the ID Libertarian TV, which is actually me. And I'll be able to connect you into the podcast by making a call that way. So just make a regular Skype call. No no um no video needed because obviously this is a podcast, so you know, video doesn't translate. So you can turn the video off. But just make an audio call with Skype to Libertarian TV, and we'll be able to include you. So do they just need a headset that, like with a USB that plugs into their laptop or their PC? Well, if they're using Skype at all, they, are, they probably already have that. But, yeah, you need some kind of uh, a headset in general. Because if you try to do it through the microphone and speaker built into your laptop, you're going to be more likely to get echo. Whereas when you have a headset, you're, le- a headset, you're less likely to get echo. And obviously okay, echo isn't they- quite so much fun. Or they could use Skype on their cell phones yep. and just use like whatever earbuds came with their, their cell phones. And if you're using it on your cell phone, the cell phone has the ability to separate what's going into the mic and what's coming out of the earpiece. So you don't have as much of a likelihood of the echo. So actually on a cell phone, the Skype is going to be a nice solution. You don't really need a headset for that. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you told me that because now I can picture all sorts of ways that um, people can call in using Skype, and one of these mornings, I'm not an early riser, but one of these mornings I want to try that when you're doing your show with Cindy. Oh, okay. My time, <laughs> 8 o'clock Eastern time, and I'd love to Skype in just to try that technology. Yeah, sure, why not? You know, we'd love to have you be part of it, obviously. Cool, very cool. We oh, can- my gosh. So I want to go back to a comment that I made at the end of the Abraham story. Why didn't I give up a long time ago? Yeah. You know, it's kind of like I want to leave us with that thought. Let's just be willing to give up. Now, of course, if you really like resistance and you like the (laughs) difficulty and disappointment in, in the world, okay, hold on to it. But, you know, for me, I want to really focus on giving up, but I want to know what I'm giving up. Because, like I said, I'm not giving up in defeat. I'm giving up the need to control and orchestrate the things that I want because I'm giving up to the universe that level of control. Well, in Abraham's speak, what we're really giving up is we're giving up whatever is blocking us from allowing. So the art of allowing is the art of giving up in order to give up. (laughs) Well, I think when we did the show where we talked about the three universal laws, Um, The art of allowing was something like um, allowing other people to be who they are just as you're allowing yourself to be who you are. Of course, I'm using my own words, but, you know, which is the concept of giving up controlling other people as well as giving up controlling yourself and just allow what is to flow in in a way that, feels good because the universe already knows what we want we've made it abundantly clear we don't even have to re-articulate it you know this is true we're down to our last minute before uh, we leave everybody and before everybody leaves us we want to remind you if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast please do so that's one of the ways we're increasing our numbers and they're taking off stratospherically but we want more we want to get this message out as far as we can about how 
much fun it is to get your daily dose of happy. So subscribe at LOAToday.net. Subscribe on your iPhone in either the iTunes store or the podcast software. Search on LOA Today or on the Android. Again, Google Play. Search on LOA Today. You can subscribe there. And Wendy, very quickly, how can they reach you if they want some coaching? They can go to my website at wendydillard.com. Very simple. Wendy, it's been a pleasure as usual. Thank you. It has been fun. We'll see you all tomorrow here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.